Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. I don't know what you're dealing with in your body. I don't know what you're dealing with on the job. But understand... He is for you. He is with you. In spite of everything that you might be feeling right now, every hesitation that you have, everything that makes you want to run and disappear and hide, God is for us. God loves us. And I just stopped by today to encourage some folks. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Because how many need some encouragement today? Yeah. Come on, somebody. That we've had to turn off the news. We've had to turn off every report. Because all I hear daily is doom and gloom, and we don't have a cure for this, and we will never be together as a race, as a family. And I'm saying that, man, listen, I'm here. We're here. And we come from different backgrounds. We come from different nations. But we ha all have one thing in common. Jesus Christ Amen. of Nazareth. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise as we turn in our Bible. I want to talk to you today from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Promised I won't be before you long. Thank you for the audible, Heather. Come on, somebody. Amen, 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 amen. Second Chronicles chapter 20 has really been on my heart because I think it's very appropriate for the time and the season that we're living in right now. How many know about King Jehoshaphat? All right, amen. I got some Bible readers in here. And so Second Chronicles chapter 20 We'll jump right into the word. Verse one says, now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon together with some of the Minyanites came to make war against Jehoshaphat. And so let's make that 2020 that now it came about that COVID hits. Now it came about that unrest is going on in America. Now it came about that there is record layoffs. Now it came about that Put your name or put your situation in there. That there's a situation that comes about that no matter how much you're in church, no matter how much you're reading your Bible, that things in life can often catch you off guard. Come on, somebody. Life can hit you in ways that you never imagined that it would hit you. And so this king, if you go back to chapter 17, it says that this king was a man of God. That this king tore down idols and, and did everything right. And some of you are wondering that, God, I know the scripture of the week. I'm, I'm here early for church. I, I lead devotions with my family every day. But life all of a sudden just shows up. And you can't just, you can't calculate it. You can't predict it. But life happens. Come on. Life happens. 
And often folks will say, well, if you were doing better or if you were reading more scriptures or praying longer or doing this or doing that better or serving more or helping old ladies across the street, then maybe this wouldn't have happened to you. Come on. I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell. That sometimes God is even using the evil things for good. Can I get an amen? I mean, this whole COVID thing, right, that folks have politicized and done all types of things with has allowed the church to come up in ways that we've never imagined. I mean, lots of churches, right, don't have huge production budgets, but churches have, God has allowed churches to become creative with the use of an iPhone to be able to stream services. And guess what? The gospel is going forward around the world. And it's packaged in very different flavors, very different cultures, very different languages. But the kingdom is advancing. And sometimes we just need a recalibration, right? Because if we are feeding on the wrong sources, it can begin to warp our worldview to begin to think that where is God? If God was here, that we would have had the solution by now. If God was here, this wouldn't have happened. If God was here, that wouldn't have happened. Come on, somebody. And we get stuck in that wrong idea of what God is, that God is not your genie in the lamp that you can just rub and that your situation begins to turn overnight. That sometimes uh, Hebrews chapter 11 says that there were some that died that didn't see the promise. And so sometimes God will allow you, God will miraculously save, but sometimes God allows things to happen that we cannot fathom, that we don't understand, or he wouldn't be God. And so COVID hits, 2 Corinthians chapter 20. Verse 2 says, then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea and out of Aram, and behold, and they are in Hazen Tamar. That means that they are close to him. They're coming up from the south, and people are coming, saying, what do we do? And so if you look at chapter 19 and chapter 18, the Jehoshaphat before went into an allegiance with an unrighteous king that did not have the things of God as his primary means. And so what happens is Jehoshaphat now has learned his lesson as we fast forward to verse 20. And look at what the Bible says that he did. That verse 3 says, Jehoshaphat was afraid. So let's pause right there. Come on, somebody. That man, listen, I love the Bible because it keeps it 100% real. That, man, fear does not make me less of a Christian, right? But it's what I do with that fear. It's what that fear translates to, right? And so look at this man of God. He was afraid, but what did he do? He turned his attention to seek the Lord. How many are doing that today? Come on. How many? Come on. Some of us might be convicted because that is not the first thing that we want to turn to. 
that when we hear the doctor say that, hey, we've got no solutions for you, there's nothing medically that we can do, hey, when we hear uh, whoever it is that has a bunch of initials behind their name say that, hey, we've done all that we can do, right? And then all of a sudden we go and get discouraged, we get downtrodden, we get all types of things. But the man of God has given us a lesson that COVID is is nothing unprecedented, that the times that we're living in is not unprecedented. But in some places, we as the people of God have to be the light in the room. That man, listen, that when we, when things are happening and, oh, the, the scale is going up and there's more infections, that somebody has to bring people back down to what does God say? Come on, somebody. And let me just put a disclaimer in. I'm not saying like some of these radical factions that there's no place for modern medicine or something. So let me just put that out there right now. There is a place for modern medicine. There's a place for doctors and nurses. God bless the healthcare workers. But I'm saying that, man, some of the stuff and some of the spin that we are being given is not fully accurate. It's not fully accurate. We as the people of God have got to go back to him. We've got to go back. We've got to have faith. We've got to have hope. And the hope is not just some nebulous idea out there that I hope there's a vaccine. I hope that there's a this. I hope that there's a that. But our hope is rooted in something that the world does not have. Our hope is rooted in the foundational word and the blood and and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So it's not just I hope that things turn around. But the reality is that, listen, I have hope the now and I am hoping the verb that it's not just out there somewhere else. He turns his attention, verse three, to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast throughout the entire country. And so Judah, verse four, gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Man, the only answer to our country, the only answer to COVID, the only answer to the divide is for the people of God to come together in one voice unified to seek the Lord. Come on. It's not going to turn around. It's not going to turn around with the mask police. It's not going to turn around with all of these things. It's not going to turn around. But we have to cross lines, racial, and all the things that the enemy is trying to do to divide us, that we've got to be the example. We got to cross and, and seek to understand and understand that we have one thing in common, Christ and Christ alone. That's, that's all we need is Christ and Christ alone. Amen. So he goes, he, he brings everybody together. Because how many know that's often, just because you're the pastor or, or whatever title that, that you have in, in front of your name, that you don't know all the answers quite often. You don't. Because what happens is God set it up that you don't make idols out of these people, Right? that the focus must remain on him. And so he's like, look, I don't know what to do. I've never dealt with this before. So let's all of us get together 
and go to the Lord in one voice and unify and let's figure this thing out what God has to say. <laughs> I don't know. I consider myself a pretty smart guy, but I don't know sometimes. There's things that come to me as a leader in my workplace and different factions of life that I, we got to be okay with saying, I don't know. I don't know. But God knows. <laughs> but God knows. But God knows. So then verse 5 says that then Jehoshaphat stands in the assembly in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And I want you to see how he phrases this prayer. It says, he says, verse 6, Oh Lord, how many have ever had one of them moments? Uh, oh God, I need you moment. God of our fathers, are you not in the heaven? And are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in capital Y, your hand, so that no one can stand against you. We got to acknowledge God. We've got to acknowledge the sovereignty and the power of Almighty God. Because listen, I am like this small, but he is infinite in wisdom. I mean, we talked about we talked about Job over the years that that all of a sudden there's this silent period where where Job doesn't hear from God. And then all of a sudden God shows up. And what does the Bible say that in the middle of the storm, God shows up in the middle of the storm. God shows up and God begins to pose questions to him that Job. Where were you when I made the heavens and earth? Where were you when I made the clouds? Where were you when I... See, often we try to put ourselves up here. Often, very subtly, we lose a dependency on God. And sometimes God will strip us of the idols in our lives. And it's not little tiki men or, or the little gnomes or whatever, but it's things that separate us from God, things that we have made a priority over him. And so Jehoshaphat puts it back to God. Listen, aren't you powerful? Aren't you mighty? Aren't you? And it says, verse seven, did you not, O God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants? Abraham, your friend forever. How many know that there's some promises that God has made generations before you that you are now reaping the benefits of that? My mother went home to be with the Lord in 2008 and there was all types of prayers that she prayed throughout my life. That's not because of my pedigree or my degree, but I had a praying mother that now even though she's home with the Lord back in 2008, 2020, I'm walking in the fruit of those prayers. And so we must understand and call God out and not in that way that we're thinking, but in a way that God, listen, you made some promises. 
You made some promises to us as the people of God. You made some promises to my descendants. And God, we need you now. So then verse 8 says, they lived in it and have built a sanctuary for your name, saying, should evil come up on us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house. How many know that God's name is in this house? How many can throw away that fact that you don't need to go to church to be a Christian? There is something to the anointing and the power of us coming together, right? Hebrews chapter 10 says not to forsake the assembly of one another. And there's some power that God has placed in this building. Do you know how many years and years and years of prayer have saturated this place? Back when they used to do the overnight lock-ins and pray all night and, and, and folks used to tarry at the altar and have all types of blood, sweat, and tears. That could not have happened apart from being in the building. There's power. And so now they're putting it back. God, this house bears your name. God, you made some promises. And God, now we've got an impossible situation coming up against us, God. This is your house. This is your name. If you allow us to be defeated, then what does that mean about you, God? So let's skip down. It says, now behold, the sons of Ammon, verse 10, and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade, they have come out of the land of Egypt. See how they are rewarding us, verse 11, by trying to drive us out of, you see all the capitals in, in this passage? Yours. Yours. How many know that our finances, the cars we drive, our homes, all belong to him. When we begin to take ownership and think that it belongs to us and we try to hold on to it tighter, like somehow it is all ours and not God's, that God didn't bless you with it. Man, come on. So look at verse 13. Actually, verse 12 says, Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we, come on, vulnerability, for we are powerless Come on, how many have ever come to that place where, God, I'm powerless before you? God, I'm powerless before the great multitude who are coming up against us, nor do we know what to do. But come on, somebody. But what? Our eyes are on you. Somebody needs to declare that today, that, God, our eyes are on you. God, I surrender. God, I'm powerless. God, I don't have what it takes. But God, you do. You do. You do. I want to close out with what happens. That often when we're in that darkest place, sometimes desperation and fear begins to set in. And we act prematurely. We act prematurely. Sometimes we feel led that, listen, I need to do something. I need to create something. I need to manufacture the golden calf. Because God, it's, it's been too quiet. It's been too long. I need to do something. And look at what happens. That in the midst of the assembly, verse 14, the spirit of the Lord came upon the man of God. 
in verse 15 and he said listen city life listen all of Judah listen the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat thus says the Lord to you come on tell somebody that do not fear or be dismayed because of COVID because of Portland because of CHOP because of whatever it is for the battle is not yours but it's God it's not ours I don't care what happens in November I don't care what legislation is passed is the Lord's. I just feel impressed that some of you guys are just exhausted dealing with the prodigal child, dealing with trouble in your marriage, dealing with pain in your body, dealing with all types of things. And God is saying, give it to me. Give it to me. love you. Trust me. Trust me. And the first step comes with throwing your hands up if you haven't made the commitment and saying that, Lord, I'm hurt a lot. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm going through a lot. And God, this message was for me today. And I acknowledge that all of my degree and pedigree has not amounted to anything and that I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I can't make it without you. He says that quickly. And you confess your faith in Jesus. And he comes in. He comes in. Because I've read and heard of people reading lots of self-empowerment books and all types of garbage out there. And yeah, they'll make you feel good for a while, but there's a witness of a woman by the well that had been married multiple times, shacking up, and nothing ever provided the fulfillment. And Jesus offers her living water, water that will never run out. Because see, people walk in and out of our lives. Our health goes from good to bad. Things happen to us. We get new bosses. Life changes. But he, one thing remains. One thing remains. That his love never fails. Never gives up. Never runs out. I invite you today. I invite you today to stop struggling, stop striving, and say yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. And I want to talk to another group of people. 
that you have said yes to Jesus. But you've been carrying a lot of weight. You haven't really given all to Him. have been liberated and they will walk out of this place they will be in their homes they will be wherever they are with new hope new trust and new power in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 